Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. so burnt i'm so burnt yeah. out like yeah what makes you burned out georgia what it was what a happened? really i did a really long day so i'm i'm off i'm supposed to be off right now yeah um and uh but i just had so many people that i i couldn't really be off so i worked like a 12 hour oh. uh day to day which is it's just it's a long day they they you know i, I had great people it, they were great sessions everything's going really well but it is a long day long day so i am just pretty cooked and i'm doing my rescue diving so i'm also training for my diving at night um where you have but, to like okay but if we're about to do a show because yeah. like, i was gonna get rid of all the topics today and i don't think i'm like reaching my unlimited potential and i was hoping we could just <laughs> talk about that today i don't think i've achieved uh you know jungian uh self-actualization yeah <laughs> so can we talk about that what do you think's going on if you yeah. want good answers, it's probably not going to happen today. Um, I, it might not be the best wow. of answers today. You may want to ask me that question um, at a later point if you want anything that will. Um, Micah, do you know legible. how I can achieve Jungian self actualization? You just have to live on another planet. Is how you do that. Oh, I, I, I oh. think you just have to you just have to like have a vision board, really. I think that's that's the key. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's that's how that's how uh, creative directors try to convince you that you can reach self actualization. But the, all that is is just marketing well, BS. I, I mean, what is Brie if not the most creative director? I feel like I'm pretty damn self actualized. Actually, I feel I feel like I don't need to work on that. Okay. Thanks, Georgia. Good work. <laughs> you see, look at that. I did. I did exactly the right thing. I let you arrive at it on your own. That's right. That's right. So I do. Like I'm curious. So you said you were off today. Um, do you just have like a? It's just a, a period of time, or not rather a period of time. But it's just like you have an agreement with your clients, Georgia, that even if you're off, if if they need your assistance, then you're there for them? Or is this just like, is this separate from your practice? Other people with, if, if you can even, you know, yeah, explain sure, that. Yeah, sure. No. Know. So I, I took two weeks off, but then I, I realized that it was, um, I just had, to, there's certain types of anxieties that when you are dealing with, you do not want to take a two week break. And so I said, listen, I'm taking two weeks off, but I'm going to open up one day. And if the day gets filled, I'll, I'll like, you know, work one day. And uh, it was really filled, and then I ended up with two kind of emergencies, which made it even more filled. Um, and and so I, I did that one day. But it's a long, like, it's a long day to be able to do that. With, not usually. I could do probably a 12-hour every once in a while. But with doing the studying at night for the um, rescue diving, there's not a lot of, of stuff happening. And my child's birthday was just, like, it was just a lot of things in one point of um, heavily heavy mental focus needed, like, for long periods of time. Like, like what kind of trauma can you not take two weeks off of therapy? Because I regularly miss two weeks of therapy straight. Like, that happens all the time. Like, well, is, it, is it clown trauma? Would that be it? Um, <laughs> if you're doing um, a strong health anxiety, so someone that, that really does believe that they are um, dying, and having a massive amounts of panic attacks to take two weeks off once you start desensitization will just make them have to restart their desensitization ah, training. Gotcha. It's it's one of those things that it's very intense. You do it over short periods of time so that it's they get better much quicker. But at first, it actually feels worse, and then they'd have to go through that worse period again. And so every anyone that's going through something that is heavily intense um, have very severe like suicidal ideation with depression would be another one um, that you really don't want to take two weeks off when you begin treatment, especially, uh, or people that are dealing with strong levels of feeling, um, you know, abandoned and they've just started with you. So most times I could take two weeks off and, you know, could have, I, I probably could have, I just didn't feel comfortable with it and I figured yeah. I'll just work yeah. one day. 
Well, what what I would like is for when it comes out, Georgia, I would like <laughs> us to double up our sessions of this show every single week. Uh, I would like us to do Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, along yeah, with, I'm with you on, on that. Friday. So, sorry, those, Micah, those you're going to say clouds. something? Yes. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm about to ask something, and I swear it's going to sound like a joke, but I'm not asking it as a joke. Like, for someone who has... Um, health anxiety like do you take yeah. web and if you're if you're specifically trying to like desensitize them like do you take web md away from them what what is the what what techniques can you use because like if if that's all internal and i'm thinking of like when someone has a phobia of clowns for example then you like walk them through being able to be around um uh you know movies that yeah. have clowns in them being around clowns but like <laughs> what do you do for a person who's afraid of like you know their their own body killing them i guess because you can't uh, unless you do take away their phone and say like no you can't look at webmd for your latest symptoms how does the desensitization work in that way well health anxiety is really hard to get rid of it's it takes a long time and it destroys lives It, it really 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 destroys lives not um, like, you know, anxiety period is horrible and, and destroys life, but health anxiety, you can't enjoy anything, any moment, um, you could go into full blown panic attack and it's very close to like, really what I'm asking someone to do when I do their desensitization training is one. Yes, you do have to stop Googling anything that has to do with health. So it is really horrible because I am asking someone to risk dying. Like I'm actually asking them to take a leap of faith to not check every single thing that they do out with their doctor, with their friends, calling on the phone, dealing with that. So they have to really trust me to be able to do that. And I need to be there for them to be that midpoint between it so that if they, they're worried, they can call me and then they, they're supposed to do their journaling, which is one of the only things that really works to get rid of health anxiety. It is a longer process than most other anxieties. And that's even it's even a longer process than most uh, post-traumatic stress types of treatments. Do you um, think if they listen to this show every week that would make their health anxiety worse? Because they'd be like, this is the person who I'm putting my hands on? She's doing a show with these three jackasses? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? This is a disaster. That's, you know what? I, don't, yeah. I, I always wonder. I always wonder. I have a few people that listen to podcasts and whenever they tell me, I'm like, what what podcast do you listen to? That's <laughs> and I always wonder. Um, I think that they would probably feel better and happier, and they would enjoy it. I I I've, I've even had thoughts of if I have to actually go up to like the board and they say, "I've heard that you said this on this show. You were making bird noises. Um, <laughs> how do you defend yourself? Is that unbecoming of a therapist?" <laughs> but um, I I think that that laughter is really healthy for us. I think we need to do more of that. That's why I love doing the show is because we. Um, can go through all kinds of traumatic things and, and we have fun. And so um, my, my defense to it is that we enjoy, we laugh, we're real, uh, we're silly, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I, I think that that's healthy. And uh, I think I'm in, ser- in, ther- in therapy. I'm pretty much the same person that I am here. I'm silly. I don't think that they would be really shocked, maybe if they saw me only once. But if they've seen me a few times, they know that I do strange, unusual things oh, anyways. Yeah. I don't yeah. try to pretend to be some stuffy um, suit. I'm not that, and I don't pretend to be who I'm not, which I don't know why someone would, but a lot of therapists sometimes don't feel comfortable with that. I'm I'm pretty real about who I am, and maybe some people don't like that and would rather someone that was more... Um, yeah, politics doesn't work that way. <laughs> politics doesn't work that way. I can't show up and shoot you know voters with a Nerf gun and be just like, sorry, y'all, that's who I am. Are you sure? Are you yeah. sure, Brie? I don't know anymore if that's yeah. not. I would. I don't know. Okay, yeah, we'll seriously. find out. We'll find out. Michael, let's start the show. Uh, so I think we did maybe, um, but yeah. the first the first topic up is something that also has the potential to destroy lives. Um, <laughs> If you if you put round wheels on a car uh, and you send it out into the world and you come across some rain, some snow, some sleet and some hail, you may very well <laughs> run your car off the side of the road. Uh, however, Apple, uh, when they were working on the self-driving car that they had in plans for quite a while that had been uh, talked about for so long, um, 
they apparently wanted to reinvent the wheel. Uh, that, that Literally, they were looking at wheels that were circular or spherical because they thought, well, that could give the car better lateral movement. Um, on top of that, they wanted to uh, completely redesign the inside to remove a steering wheel, to remove the gas pedal, to remove basically <laughs> everything that we know makes a car a car. They wanted to get rid of that. And so there's an article that we'll link in the show notes from Jalopnik at a talk about uh, the Apple Car Project, and there was recently a Times article, and five different people on the project were quoted in this article, and it goes through to talk about the way that this project kind of went and how Apple, with its relative desire to sort of uh, reinvent the wheel, (laughs) tried to do so here, and it it failed pretty epically um, in terms of actually building a car. So interesting in that there were all these different things that they wanted to do and all these different ways to try and make a car, and I'm just glad that some of that technology is not going to go to waste, that they're able to hopefully take that technology and put it into uh, things like transit, uh, and we'll see where they go from there. But yeah, what do you all think of circular wheels on a car? Sounds like a great idea, right? I think Apple attempting to make technology as awesome as Steve's minivan. I mean, you know, it's too high a bar. Like, no one could do that. But, like, even even like the tires themselves, I mean, like, so – I don't understand why Jalopnik was like blasting this. So if you look at the way that like a tire functions, like you want to talk contact patches, right? Like your your tires, like only a small like postage stamp area of it is actually touching the road at any given time. That's where all your grip comes from. So it seems to me that like, you know, if you have like a, a completely circular tire, the problem is it's not, you know, you're not going to be able to put like a, it's going to have to be like, you know, other rotors at the top moving the wheel indirectly rather than the axle in a fixed point. But like there would be a lot of advantages there. Like it would be, it would wear more evenly. You could do a lot of lateral movement. I mean, I can completely see, uh, you know, a tire like that working. I don't think it was just the tire though. They ju- it sounds like they jumped in to a, an industry that they weren't familiar with, like they did with the iPhone, to be fair. But the iPhone was basically a computer that happened to have a phone chip in it. And, and you know, which is not to say that the iPhone didn't do a lot of things that were completely revolutionary for its time. But it, it I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to go, just think too big. And they they let everything kind of hold up them being able to do anything. You know, like it wasn't just the spherical wheels. It's like they're they're reinventing like the I forget what the name of the the piece is that that does the sensor, the LIDAR sensor at yeah. on the on the roof of the car that they wanted to make it flush with the with the roof and, you know, a bunch of other things. And it's like you, you kind of have to pick one thing and then see where that takes you as opposed to trying to solve a whole bunch of disparate problems all at once and then hoping that the thing works at the end. Yeah. But but isn't it cool that they are thinking outside of like, I think that Apple's always like cursed no matter what they do. If they do things that are too mainstream and what everyone else is doing, they're like not pushing the envelope enough. And here they are. They're thinking outside of the box. They're trying things new. They're seeing where they're going with it. I'm kind of excited that Apple's trying to do something revolutionary and new because really cars have not changed much nope. on the outer look to them in a really long time. And there are probably better ways to do it. I'm kind of excited that they're really trying to say, how far can we push this? What is actually essential? What do we not need? How would it work? I did not, by the way, know, Brie, that that there's only like a stamp, postage stamp sized area that of a tire, by the way. That is like just cool that you know that. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I like the idea of trying something new and innovative. And if it works great, if not, Apple can completely swallow the cost of that. And oh, we get yeah. cool technology in, in – it may not be for the car. Maybe they will use that technology for something else. But it's not going to be lost. They're going to be learning something. And I'm really excited that Apple is trying new things. 
Yeah. I want Apple that is going to try uh, and fail at things rather than Apple that's going to be like, you know what? We're going to put out yet another version of this MacBook this year <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and just yeah. barely change it at all. I do yeah. have to say, though, like the thing that makes me made me nervous about this project is like, you know, Apple uh, was trying with original programming on Apple TV and like Attack of the Apps is god awful. It's terrible. Oh my God, don't even but, get me started right. it, on that it, show. Yeah, don't it's get me really started. bad. Don't but no get one me dies oh probably from watching <laughs> that show. Uh, and like, I, you start thinking about Apple as a, a company when, you know, like they're trying to deal with like a, a culture of like sexist mechanics and trying to get people to fix your car that will treat you with respect <laughs> or like a massive like, you know, part shipping operation all across the country or what it's going to do to Apple's image when things go wrong and like these cars end up killing people. I mean, you know, that's that's really something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you know, I, you know, I'm in the middle, like I've given up on my TT this week. I've just, you know, the airbags are still not working. I've spent oh twice goodness. as much trying to we fix know. it as I spent on it. Oh. And oh. I'm, I'm actually going to buy a new car and we're, Frank I'm and I are figuring so that out. I'm sorry about I, that. I'm pissed That's about because I put so much effort into this. But my you point really is, did. my point is, uh, you know, cars are, we, I think you're really right, Georgia, that we need to shake up the market. But cars, like, you can't create a great car if there's not a steering wheel and a gas pedal. Like, you can create some, you know, Disneyland ride where you get in and it'll take you to where you want to go. But there's a a tactile experience there. And I just don't know if it plays to Apple's strengths. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's exactly where I am with this. Like, it's it's fun to – I certainly encourage the idea of coming up with these concepts and and thinking about the possibility for, you know, the way vehicles will work in the future – but I think that there is a small bit of, of I don't know, sustenance or substance to the fact that that we have not seen the car change much in as many years as it's been around. The the basic uh, aspect is still there with the steering wheel and the wheels and how when you move the steering wheel, the wheels move and you get into this contraption and sit down and you move. Those things kind of all have stayed the same because we've seen time and time again that that's the best way to do those very specific things. So to go and redo it, mm. you know, as a car that was going to be sold, you know, in theory to everybody. I think maybe it's interesting to have a company that doesn't have, you know, this company is focused, Apple is, has been up to this point focused on consumer technology in, in small ways with the iPad, the iPhone, et cetera. But to take this that also involves, as we're talking about, you know, safety and lives, it's an interesting thing. And so I like the idea of them because the the article kind of talks about how they will experiment with this stuff in uh, transit and, and look at their – they have this little route, this little loop, and they're going to be looking at using some of the technology that they've come across on the pale, the uh, Palo Alto to Infinite Loop route where they can test this uh, whenever they're shuttling their employees to work because it is an environment that is more stable. It's not, as the article also points out, like sitting outside for a year, uh, your car would, you go through sleet, hail, snow, over bumps, you know, people drive faster than they should, slower than they should. They're everything that this is more tested environment to sort of get the technology and figure it out before they make a car that doesn't have any of this stuff. And then people get into it and they maybe you know, something goes wrong. And like Apple being responsible for uh, an antenna that when you touch it, when you hold it wrong, it (laughs) drops signal is much better than Apple being responsible for like thousands of deaths because they hadn't tested this one thing because they're not Ford who for years and years and years have done testing and know how it's done and know how to create a, a car. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that's the the problem with this whole project is that they just didn't have a foundation to work with. You know, like you can't necessarily like the again, I keep bringing up the iPhone because they really were just building an, a computer with a cell chip in it. At the end of the day, I mean, it was obviously again very complicated, but they used Mac OS to as the foundation for the software. They they knew how to build computers. It was a computer that happened to carry around with you that had a cell radio. But other than that, they knew a lot of this stuff already. They didn't necessarily know a lot of this stuff about a car. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that you start finding out why things are a certain way and they can't be 
necessarily designed away or all at once. Like, I, I mean, I see this all the time at work, too, because there's like at least twice a year, there's like some project where a business user brings in their own company and decides to sidestep IT because they think it's going to save a whole lot of time. And then there's like 16 things that they haven't thought about. And then they find out why IT gets involved in the projects to begin with, because we know all those things. We can save them that time with, you know, not walking into walls that we've already walked into. And and I think that's really where a lot of the I don't want to call it hubris necessarily, but I think it's it's hard for to expect them to be able to completely reinvent the car like they reinvented the phone because there are all these extra safety and just and, and regulatory you know, requirements that go into building a car and, and the additional responsibility of if it fails, somebody dies, as opposed to yeah. if, if your phone fails, well, you're not making a phone call that week or that day. Right. And you but, die yeah. because you were calling the emergency services. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, you know, if your cell phone died, then you just didn't make any calls then. Today, if your cell phone died, it would be an emergency. But, you know, not 10 years ago. Or you're installing carpet and you accidentally hit the button. Aww. Oh, so true. <laughs> and you have to punch your husband. <laughs> not that any of us have time, ever been yeah. through that, right? Never. No one would ever br- brutalize their, their loved one from this Oh, show. God. Uh, it I, seems like I everybody on the show not, except for Steve. I would not. I would not. I would not do that. I think Steve's the only one. Like, we, we're all horrible people. Uh, um, no, I'm, I'm usually on the receiving end of, the, of, of that kind of stuff. So, you know. That's why we love Maureen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maureen keeps me in line. She, she does. You know, <laughs> she, she's the brains of, of the I operation. I don't think she's doing a good enough job, really, based <laughs> oh, on well. the show. She needs to step it up. I'm oh, going to bring her in go. for a conference call. So this is, this is like the one, the one hour and a half a week where I'm unsupervised, and this is what happens when I'm left alone to my own devices. Oh, Not good. dear. Not good. Your own Apple devices. I thought of the strangest idea, and you will have to cut this out. Oh, dear. But I thought of a show idea, and it's bad. I think the only one that would even think it was funny is probably Brie and me because she has an evil sense of humor. Evil, <laughs> evil. No, no. Uh, what? Um, nefarious. That was sense of humor. very. Um, Georgia, I am sinister. Pure good. Sinister, the word you're looking for. It, it <laughs> is. It, Georgia, it was like Jesus's level of of good, who Steve doesn't believe in. Yeah. And then it's me. Well, like that's how close. My sense of humor is okay. Then you may not like this idea because it's really, really bad, and we can never do it. But (laughs) I thought here it is. Just like Apple's car, fantastic. I'd lose my, I'd lose my life. Anyways, uh, is uh, having um, dog shock carlers. (laughs) (laughs) What? I like it. I like it. I would always be shocked. So, I like it. So can I can I tell you? Steve, I know where your mind is going, Micah, because I think it's I think it's probably my mind's probably going the same place. Yes. Go ahead. So Steve earlier today <laughs> shared a link with me. Um, the Internet of Shirt on Twitter had shared a link to uh, a guy who on Twitter posted that if people went to this website, they could do they could click and it would do different things to him. He got one of those um, bracelets that has a, a vibration motor and a shock motor built in, and it's supposed to, it's it's like supposed to help you train if you you know if you were trying to break a habit or whatever. Um, then you can use it to to shock you, and it'll of course give that yes. that negative reinforcement. Yeah. Or whatever. And, and, now, and he thought it was a brilliant idea to open this up to the kind of benevolent people of Twitter. Yeah. He made like he he went to uh, whatever and like there was an app where he an, a web app so you could go to this website and you could click to shock him and there were three levels there's high like the most powerful shock medium shock and then like a light shock and, and guess what Twitter motor. guess what Twitter decided to do shock him as as like most as they possibly could over and over again until the battery died oh and he kept God. it on the whole time he had video of him like getting shocked and saying ow this hurts so honestly. I sort of wish that if we had a bonus, if we had an episode that was, you know, barred except to members, (laughs) it would be like each of us having one of those bracelets. No, that's a bad idea. That's like get the question wrong. See, Micah, you don't, you never watched The Simpsons as a child because, like, this was actually the plot of an episode of The Simpsons, and it did not end well. I would watch that though. I really would. No, I would listen the crap. I would listen to to us. I would actually re-listen. 
to one of our shows. I would also but enjoy it, oddly. Like, not, I, not enjoying oh, the shock in the moment, so but it'd be so funny. funny. Yeah, no, that would no. be so funny. Especially if we could shock each other. No, that would no, be bad. That's a bad no, that's idea. No, that's the point. No, that's the point. I don't need to pay for all of my sins on the show. I will save that for the afterlife, Georgia. Thank you very much. Every time, like, Georgia says foot, of course I would shock Georgia. <laughs> Uh, I would say well, it just because I think you'd be traumatized to even shock me. So I think <laughs> that's probably to... true. Damn it! Oh, jeez! Yeah, right, don't, right, don't right. mess with the psychological professional. That's a bad idea. So I can see how this show is really going to be going off the rails today because I've had three hours of sleep. Georgia, you get more talkative on the show the, like the more loopy you tired. are. So I'm just going to like throw this out there. Steve, did you get the Super Nintendo Classic? Were you up at three in the morning to order it? I did not. You I got suck. Cl- <laughs> I got it. I am awesome. That I had to sit here and see the jealousy. I didn't on even the show. know that the, it was happening until like the next day, and then I actually got to the point where I went to Target site. I okay. This is this is how much I tried though. I physically drove to a GameStop. And oh. and the, and they were all out of them, of course. Yeah. But yeah. I, I got to the point where I was able to click add to cart on Target's site and it w- it let me get to the point where I checked out. And then when I pressed check out, it told me that it was out of stock and I was not. And then you, not happy. you cried. It was very sad. Yeah. I texted like Christina because I was up at like four in the morning when this happened and she was too. And I'm like, Christina ordered this before I tell people on Twitter. <laughs> and then she did. And then I tweeted it out and it was completely gone. Like four seconds later, Georgia, oh. did you get one? Micah, yeah, do you she know? Can't buy, do you know hear about this? She can't buy <laughs> yeah. them. They're That's not right, selling Georgia. them in Quebec. That's have, what you get for your already. country getting me uh, sick I with pneumonia. I have a Nintendo. I have no, one. The, no, the SNES Classic, they're not selling in Quebec because apparently there are two games that were not translated to French, and so they can't sell it in Quebec. I, Hold I on. Once and though. for all, I need to know, I Georgia, how is that pronounced? How is the name of that? place pronounced is it quebec is it quebec is it something entirely different is it like putin i i it depends on on where you're from i say quebec okay so the oh so it's not there's no locked in i don't say quebec i heard the Uh, cue was silent so it's just back what do people in quebec Quebec say quebec Uh uh-huh okay back um, Micah, so did you get did you get Super Nintendo, Micah? I didn't. I do know what they are. I did you not do get know? one. What's your favorite Super Nintendo game? Oh gosh, I don't know. I just know <laughs> what the console is. I don't have a favorite game. <laughs> I think it. I have all my games too. We have a whole bunch of games too. We have it. It's sitting here. We have all of the. Uh, I'm Georgia Dow. I have a room what? that's Georgia just for Dow. virtual reality <laughs> and a basement full of I old classic have games. Everything. That is a good accent. That's that's like perfect Georgia Dow, I hear. I know. Steve, I will let you come to my house and look at the Super Nintendo Classic. You can't play it, but (laughs) you can look at it. This will be exactly like my childhood. It'll be fantastic. It'll be recreating the experience of of me having to go to other people's houses to play the Super Nintendo because my parents refused to buy one for me. Yeah. Do they have a dog game? Do they have a game with dogs in it? Maybe that's the one he could play. I don't yeah. think they do. No. They have Super Mario. Are you scared of Yoshi, Steve? I'm not scared of Yoshi. Yoshi is Yoshi's normal. behind you right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. A she? giant Yoshi would be terrifying. I guess Yoshi lays eggs, so I guess Yoshi no. is a she. A giant Yoshi would be the cutest thing ever because I could ride it and I could be the, the mother of Yoshi's. See, you say that before ring. Yoshi starts eating the people around you. Exactly. Yoshi is a horror movie. Yeah, yeah Yoshi's Yoshi. kind of terrifying when you think about it. Yeah, but but yeah. then if if he if he eats blue people, could he fly? Yeah, but that blue person could be your child. I mean, <laughs> you know, or your neighbor, right? So. <laughs> like oh, all of a sudden, you made a poor wardrobe decision that morning, and all of a sudden, you're inside Yoshi's belly. Right, and yeah. but I'm flying. Well, yeah, you're flying inside the disgusting stomach of a dinosaur. I'm just going to share this image <laughs> oh, of no. Yoshi if Yoshi were live action. Ooh, oh, don't do that, is... Micah. That's not a good Too idea. Late. I'm here. I'm in. You would oh, my that. God. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's ruined. That's not, that's not cute at all. I was <laughs> expecting something different. The tongue is like, that's, that's, that's too long. That's a disgusting tongue. 
That's Did not. you forget? It looks Yoshi like there's no tersity to that tongue. That's the problem. Is it doesn't look? It looks like you know that no tongue tersity. I yeah, give that tongue, tongue a two out of ten on the tersity I'm scale. I'm totally. That's the one I'm voting for this week for a title. I'm just saying. <laughs> tongue okay. tersity. Okay. I don't even know how to spell that, like Georgia. We can't have that a title. Your titles, your titles have to be words I can spell, Georgia. That that's free. I want. I want your next uh, Nerf team to be called Tongue Tersity. Oh my I God. will do that for you, Georgia Dow. <laughs> I will do that for you. In fact, oh. when I pop out of Steve's bushes, which, by the way, I'm not even joking. <laughs> oh, my God. At some point, In a Yoshi Steve, costume. <laughs> I want to let you oh. know, I will bring Frank over. And, like, I've got a whole campaign staff of people now. Like, we will just go camp outside your house. And I have enough Nerf weaponry now to take over, like, a country. And that's a fact. <laughs> and we're just – I want you to know, at some point, you're going to walk outside your house, and Brianna Wu is going to be there with the chaos and a nemesis, and we're going we're gonna to shoot you. And it's going to hurt <laughs> our working relationship. You. But I just want you to know that's going to happen. That's that's fantastic. I was actually at Target today, and I I saw a Nerf rival full face mask that yep. I was Ooh. concerned is a thing that needs to exist. So no, it you does. need to buy that. You it should does buy really, that. It does need to yeah. exist. The 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 pellets on them are really small. Yeah, that's that's not nice. That's that's not okay. Nerf yeah. is supposed to be is supposed to be fun footballs that people throw at each other at, at beach volleyball parties. That's not Yeah. That's yeah. not not on okay. They've just gotten smaller and faster. That's not <laughs> no. That's that's harder not, to catch. That's, that's like all. the that's like the Yoshi of, of childhood. Like that's not okay. I don't I don't get the comparison. Well, because Yoshi now I've learned that Yoshi is a terrifying monster and now all the nerf experiences in my childhood have also morphed into a horrifying monster. Yoshi is a terrifying monster with very little tongue tersity. Yes. <laughs> it's true. And, and apparently uh, apparently a Goomba is 80 years old secretly, so that that's fantastic. Oh. Yeah, that's a hey. scary... I don't so know. you know what has like a 10 out of 10 on tongue tersity? Squarespace? <laughs> Our friends at Squarespace. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This episode of Disruption I'm pretty is sure that's actually their tagline. That's Where their new tagline. Monica, I bow to you. Oh, that was, that was, the, well best. That was yeah. the best. That was the best. So let me, let me tell you about our terse-tongued friends at Squarespace. If you enter the offer code DISRUPTION at checkout, you're going to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. And with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more, you are totally going to rock it. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace's all-in-one platform lets you do just that. You don't have to install anything. There aren't patches to worry about. You don't have to facilitate upgrades. You don't have to worry about any of it because Squarespace takes care of all of that for you. They've got award-winning 24-7 customers customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. All of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I use Squarespace for several sites, and as I've mentioned before, I absolutely love the fact that they've always got the latest and greatest stuff that you can have. When HTTPS was really starting to roll out across the web, they were on top of it. I was able to get my my personal site all HTTPS pretty quick just by going on and flicking a switch. Same thing goes for Apple Pay and many other features that you kind of count on online. Squarespace gets it up. They send you an email and say, hey, this is how you enable it. Super easy. No big deal. Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month, but you, yes, you listening right now, you can get it with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com and starting a free trial. Now, when you do decide to sign up, use the offer code disruption to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for our show. We thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. I mean, that's the Paragon option, Micah. Like, you should tell people that. Like, you put in the offer code disruption that's the paragon option or you could go rogue 
and do rocket as the disruption. <laughs> hey now, code. hey now. You could do that. I'm just saying, like that's the renegade interrupt you could do. That, that's fair. That's fair. Yep. Uh, <laughs> please, please use disruption. Um, no, rocket, rocket. <laughs> You're okay, renegade just shepherd. Do you know the Imore show, and oh, you don't snap. have to worry about either of them. <laughs> Imore show. I've never I, I'm not participating in any of this. That I am like signing anything. off. Uh, So let's go ahead and move on and talk about an interesting thing that happened. Um, So this is this is a little bit uh, this about 10 days ago or a little bit over 10 days ago. um, Elon Musk uh, was using OpenAI with Dota 2 to defeat the best players in esports. Okay, so Dota Two. Uh, I have no I, like that. Uh, that's up to you all to describe kind of how the game works. But the way that this article that we'll link in the show notes describes it is Ooh. sort of like um, a multiplayer game of basketball in the sense that you have players on each side of the court and you're kind of b- b- battling against each other. Now, Elon Musk's Open AI robot thingies were very, very good and ended up defeating the uh, r- the best competitive players in esports. Now, Elon in a tweet said that it, that the game is vastly more complex than just playing board games like chess and go. So he was sort of comparing the open AI to the other, uh, the other bots in the past, the other artificial intelligences that have won like Jeopardy and, and played chess and go and things like that. Now, while that is true, the article that we'll link in the show notes is sort of a bit of a of a takedown on Elon and his sort of a, a little overzealous comment. Because while Dota certainly is more complex than uh, just playing chess or playing Go in the sense that there's a lot more going on and a lot more players involved, the way that this was played, it was it was like a a, a scaled down version of Dota oh. where it was just one on one and it was just the open AI bot playing against the other player. And so that's not to say, as the writer goes on to say, that it's not a big deal that the open AI bot did such a good job and, you know, was able to control this character and do all this stuff. But it's not the sort of world shattering, suddenly everything has changed. I'm open and the glory of AI is shining down on me in a bright beacon of light and I feel blessed. No, it's wow. just the next step in, in uh, artificial intelligence. So, Steve, I would love to hear your thoughts on this and whether you think that tomorrow we're all going to die when open AI, you know, puts itself inside of robots and cars with uh, circular wheels and uh, takes over the world. Well, that, that's inevitable. But I, I think you really I, – I, I didn't take that from the article at all. I think the article was trying to make it a more realistic depiction. But what Musk's company has done here is actually really, really impressive. And it, I, I think you're kind of underselling it a little bit. So uh, Dota is a, a MOBA game. It's If you've heard of League of Legends, it's similar to that. It's considered one of the it's it's like a, a real time strategy game, except there are teams of five and each player is controlling one of the five characters. And there are these little minions called creeps that uh, also advance towards the towards the other side. And the, the goal is typically to um, to to break through the other team's defenses. And a lot of the early part of the game involves dealing with those creeps because killing them gives you experience. And there are. A lot of very intricate rules, like if you you have to be the last one to hit one of the creeps in order to in order to get the experience from it. And what what Musk's um, OpenAI has done is it didn't program any of that into the game. It just just started letting it simulate a bunch of games over and over again and let it come up with these strategies on their on its own. And and what it did was it ended up without actually having any input from expert players started emulating a lot of the techniques that expert players do. Like there's a technique, I forget what the name of it is called. Uh, I typically play Heroes of the Storm, which is like the Marvel versus Capcom to this, to Dota Street Fighter. If that makes any sense, it's like a much more scaled down, simple version of it. But there's a technique where you can like get your min, get, get your, your character in front of the creeps to control how fast they go across the map. And that's something that the AI learned on its own. It learned how to fake out the other player to the point where it could do it um, successfully against the human player. 
So, and this, the difference between this and something like Go is this is something that's real time. It's not a, um, it's not a, a turn-based game like Go. It's actually doing all this stuff in real time and then learning from just playing against itself that what the optimal strategies are to the point where it could outplay uh, a human opponent in a limited venue. And, and that's really, it's exciting not because, of course, it's limited. It's 1v1. There's a whole bunch of rules that are involved with it. It's only, lear- it's only playing one character out of 100. But the fact that it was able to learn all of that on its own without any explicit guidance is a huge step forward for AI development in general. This is for only more exciting because you haven't seen Terminator, Steve. Like, that's <laughs> the only reason to see. Like, I'm over here and I'm getting ready to, like, dig a bunker under my house. I'm going to load up. I'm going to figure out how to make my, you know, Nerf rival rounds explosive for the inevitable Before Steve or after the Steve attack. You just need them to fire magnets. Yeah, that's exactly right, Georgia. Uh, yeah, this is terrifying. So, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, we all know that it was just Elon behind the controller. And secretly, this was like, this is his, all this time, he's let everybody else run all these different companies. And he's just been getting really good at esports, like yeah, training forever. <laughs> so it wasn't really AI. It was just Elon. I, I, so, Georgia, Georgia, you, you <laughs> had you had interest in this from a from a Skynet perspective. So, what do you think reading this and and watching this video? Well, you know, I, I I'm only so impressed with you know computers winning at computer things or basic games that have sets of rules that are really like that you know what they are beforehand. I think that where computers have a problem is in dealing with something that you can't really prepare for. And humans, we can be very unpredictable in nature. And so I I think it's interesting. I think that computers will be really great at doing computer things. And that is they're always going to beat us out at anything that is mathematical, uh, rule-based, calculated. They're going to be amazing at it. And so I think that even for very complex games... Once they can understand what the spot, like even the best players at any video game, it's because they understand the timing to each of their spell, how fast it takes to get somewhere, how long it takes to shoot something, which spells would be faster by a fraction of a moment than anything else. And computers can do that faster than we can, even the And more accurately. Yeah. And, and more accurately, and they're not going to be distracted because someone said something or someone did something. And the the fact that we can be distracted is actually one of our benefits to that. The fact that we are all made a little bit differently with our own quirks and things that make us give us variety in our way is where we will be able to thrive. It's that we can like survive in a variety of many different things. And it's interesting that I have brought this topic straight to us versus machines, which I don't think was the question. Um, That is immediately what I think about is us versus the machine. You are Elon Musk. That's what he thinks too. Well, you know what? I think that it is a really big deal. We need to get prepared because in, in the end, like if you look at everything that comes out of Boston Dynamics, it's scary. Those are terrifying yeah. machines. Yeah. Like, did you see the the cat that was opening the door? The the cat creature. I forget Ugh. what it's called. Big cat. And it was like opening the door, and those. the person was trying to close the door, and the cat was like just opening the door again. I'm like, you know what? That's about that's... 15 minutes from my house, Georgia. Oh, God. like that's terrifying. I'm gonna that be one really of the first to go. And yeah. the swarms, the 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 robotic swarms. I'm like, you give them a Nerf gun, oh. and it, it's it's over. That's it. Yeah. We need, like, if you guys haven't yet seen all the Black Mirrors, everyone needs to watch Black Mirror in every single episode. Not all of them are great, but some of them are really telling to our thoughts on technology. I think that they're way beyond, uh, they're, they're, they're right, like, our world is right around the corner from that. So we no, do yeah. need to don't, think don't about it. Don't watch Black Mirror because we're stressed enough here in America, Georgia, <laughs> to stress <laughs> all that. This is the kind of thing you can do when you live in Canada. You can watch that yeah, for escapism. Right. Right, exactly. <laughs> that would be awful if we were living in a messed up society. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess I guess the thing that, that oh. makes me more excited than terrified about something like this is that, first of all, it's not a dog. Second of all, it, um, <laughs> it, it it's always working on a very discrete training set of data. So, I, I mean, even something like this, right, is – it's getting really, really good at playing Dota, but you can't have this AI go and play like Jeopardy 
or Go or anything else, right? Every time that they're training up one of these AIs, they're training it up for a very specific purpose and with a very specific training set. Now, as long as somebody doesn't actually take that and turn it into and give it a training set of here's how you kill people, then we should be okay. I guess that the pro- that's why Musk is as big as he is about ethical standards as far as AI is concerned, because if somebody did train up an AI with that specific intention, it could get very good at what it does. Um, yeah. But but it's not like they're going to like replace us like the Terminator necessarily. It's just going to be very good at very specific at specific tasks. Dude, this is you've got to watch Terminator, Steve. You've got to watch it. That's all the T eight hundred does is it slowly comes after you with this really basic set of tactics, and you can run into the factory and shoot like a tanker of liquid helium and try to slow them down. But they're not going to stop until you're dead. Like this is. You're, you've got to watch. You have to watch all of it. You start with Terminator One. Even though it's tough, you need to watch Terminator Genesis because I think then you'll get it. Is there like a Cliff's Notes version of Terminator oh that gosh. I can watch? Oh. Just watch one. Just watch one. Just watch the I first watched one. I watched two. I watched two. It was fine. Like I. Uh. We we do need to have laws in place. We just we really do. We need yeah, to have laws in place before because like. If we are just relying on the people that create machines to be a kind-hearted people, that's slightly naive of us. And I'm Canadian, so I'm probably like the most, uh, you know, naive out of all of us. <laughs> Everyone is happy and good things can happen in the world. But no, we we really do need to be careful because machines are going to become more and more adept. They're going to be doing able to do all kinds of things. We need to have laws in place to make sure that we can protect ourselves and that it, when machine learning gets to the point where it could become something that we will end up using for military purposes, which is already the way that it's going. And some of the best of our robotics is being used um, in military missions that they're not going to target to people where we have to be worried. And there are no laws right now in place to really protect us from that. So I'm with them on AI. Yeah, no, I agree with him, too. I mean, that we had this conversation a few weeks ago about him and and Zuckerberg and Zuckerberg is very mistaken as far as what AI is going to be able to do. I think that this should, you know, this this should amplify his warnings that we need those kinds of laws. But we also need people who can understand what the threat is and, you know, regulate it sensibly without over without overreacting, but also with the amount of urgency that something like this needs. Vote Brianna Wu. She's seen Terminator 2 at least 10 times. <laughs> I'm very qualified to make these kinds of laws, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you, I, you've, seen yeah. All, you've seen enough Terminator movies to know exactly I how to I saw Sarah it. Connor Chronicles. Exactly. So, no, this was a yeah. good show. It was sad it was that it got, show. Didn't, didn't continue. Oh, God. Oh. Well. Pain. We, I, I'm with you. Is there oh, like a Saturday morning cartoon version that I could watch? or? <sighs> Yeah, it's called Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. <laughs> Go play Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. I tried. I got. To, I, I I stopped okay, playing I for the night. I know you ate everything. Save. Let's move on. Let's move on. Does yeah. Sonic Mania count? Is that enough? No. No. Okay. No. Because no. he's yeah, also fighting ahead. about. He's also fighting against killer robots. So, uh, speaking <laughs> not of killer robots anymore, let's talk about answering. Let's not talk about. Let's answer some <laughs> questions. What do you think, Stephen? Uh, I I'm I'm fine with that. Or any, as long as the, none of the questions are about the Terminator movies, I'm I'm good with that. Uh, okay, so we got a few a few emails uh, questions. I think they're all anonymous. So um, we'll just start with the first one. Hey, Disrupticons, I'm a guy, and I literally never flirt. Mostly because I grew up watching shows and movies that frequently depicted men flirting as a shorthand for this guy's a jerk and deserves to have bad things happen to him. Lately, there's been a few flirting gone wrong scandals in tech, and I'm wondering if you have any tips or stories of flirting done right. Note, flirting between already married or established couples doesn't count. Thanks. Don't flirt with women at the office. Just don't do it. Don't do it. It's wildly inappropriate. Don't do it. There are plenty of women out there in the world. Go find them. Leave the women at your workplace alone. I mean, ugh. I don't think they, he's saying. They, I don't. I don't think he's saying. How do I flirt at the office? I think he's saying. How do I flirt in general without being a jerk? Oh, okay. Well, 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was just going to second what Bree said. Um, yeah. I in in I've seen uh, there. I, I'm going to say that I've worked at, at a few places, and at I don't, so I'm not singling anyone out. I've worked at a few places, and at those places, um, I was like pretty close with with a lot of the people that worked there, and so you know everybody sort of shared more than just like hey. Pete, it's Tuesday. Uh, nice coffee and weather we're having. No, like we we talked about more than just those things. And my point is, I saw several relationships uh, between coworkers, and it never, ever, 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 ever worked out. It was never a good idea. Ever, ever, ever was it ever a good idea? When was it a good idea? Never. So uh, I agree. Don't flirt with anyone uh, at work. I. It's just that's not the place to do that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, but here's a really good dating tip. Um, well, flirting tip, rather. When you're talking to a woman, try to treat her as a person and not an object to date. Like, oh, God. Like, so, no, I'm being really serious here because, like, you know, when you when you approach somebody, this really is the difference in good flirting and bad flirting. It's like when you're meeting someone and you want to get to know them, like that that normal human like spark of connection it's like when you're coming out to somebody and like your 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 objective is to get something it just comes across as is creepy do you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like don't don't go the ferengi route yeah yeah <laughs> it's not yeah. about acquisitions yeah. yeah definitely route. never go full ferengi oh, that's bloody for sure well don't go full ferengi that's also a great Title. Oh. Don't go for. Don't I can spell go Ferengi. Ferengi. Don't like, go Ferengi. Don't go at all, Ferengi. Like if you start thinking in terms of acquisitions and females, then you've already lost. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. What do you think? Sorry, I was looking up Ferengi quotes just because I thought that that's like going to be uh, amazing. And uh, yeah, um, I know I agree with both of you. I think that it, I don't like even um, the idea of like. Um, like lines and pickup lines, I think that those right away get someone's back up against the wall and make someone feel um, just, yeah, like like it does objectify in a certain way and it makes people feel already defensive to that. I think that being genuine, um, caring about what someone else cares with is one of the best ways. And I don't like even the word flirt. I like more like making Agreed. connections and seeing if you guys are compatible and that there's something there. If you can give genuine compliments of something that you really mean, that's people love to be able to see someone as more than, um, you know, what is superficially seen by other people. I think that that's appreciated by most, um, to be able to notice good traits and qualities and let them know that and have actual conversations that are um, based upon something that is not, you know, just the weather or what's happening with that and be able to have, you know, that feeling of connection that works out really well. And then you get to know someone and you start something that is based on a true feeling of friendship and compatibility instead of something that is someone would feel that you're just saying that because you say that to everyone. And I think that a lot of women uh, especially feel that, well, if you do that to everyone, it doesn't really ma- mean anything. And so they will dismiss that immediately. Honestly, I only flirt about the weather. Really? Like, I want to know yeah, a weather flirt. Yeah, just, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, wow. It's storming outside and in my heart. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so Bri, would that work I, for you? I, um... <laughs> Pass. Oh. Uh, no, I, I, before I move on, I, I would say this. Um, I really want guys to take a second and think about this. You genuinely have no idea just how much the women that work at your office think about and are worried that they are going to be taken as serious professionals in the workplace and it comes down to like triple checking like what you say in meetings how you dress the words you use like i guarantee you like the women in your office have like called up their friends and they've been like oh this this word i said in this meeting today was this too strong was this there there's all these things you don't have to think about because you're a guy at work and you're taken seriously 
So when you approach a woman in a situation like that, and I understand like humans are attracted to each other, like I realize it's natural, but she's worked so hard to get to that point. And by treating it like a meat market, it's just it it's so belittling, even if the attention is wanted. So it's just a really bad policy overall. I think we should leave it at that. Yeah. That's very well put. Yeah. Um, what is our next question? Okay. Stephen? So um, our next question, we'll go from that to something less light. Um, so I uh, love what you guys do. I've been listening since the isometric days. So thank you. Um, I'm really at a loss for words. So my apologies if this is vague. I just found out that a member of my family follows Stefan Molyneux in earnest, and it seems like it's not a new development. I want to help in any way I can, but I also don't want to make things worse or drive this person away. Does Georgia have any advice? Should I seek out a therapist or someone to coach me in my interactions with this family member? Thank you. So for for those who are not aware, Stefan Molyneux is a um, an alt-right YouTuber is probably the most concise way to to put it. Um. Can, so so uh, really quickly, the, I'm, I'm going to ask something and then um, I absolutely like, you know, this the listener asked for Georgia and I'm sure wants all of our different opinions. But um, I, I if, if I may, um, my you know, much of my family is still conservative um, and I've gone through sort of uh, processes similar to this in terms of, of communicating and trying to get things across. Um, so. Just what I was going to say, like speaking from experience in not not exactly this, thank God, uh, you know, personally, but speaking from experience in this sort of thing where you have this realization, I think that maybe your family, because um, Brie, you and I have both sort of talked about with, you know, knowing uh, growing up uh, conservative or, or you know, spending a, a portion of our life being very conservative and, and uh, sort of in that that mindset and how that's helped influence how we approach those sorts of topics. Um, one of the things that I wasn't expecting but ended up being one of my best sort of weapons, so to speak, um, or rather tool, tool is a better word, is finding an ally in the family if you can. Um, when... I first came out to my family. Obviously, that was a very uh, a very troublesome experience um, for me in the sense that I was worried that you know I was going to lose my family because of them being conservative and incredibly incredibly religious. Um, and you know I, I'm blessed and privileged that that wasn't the case. But I have found an ally going forward in my mother um, in this case because while I am sort of it's been the case that me being away and being in a different location and uh, elsewhere and, you know, having the, the opinions that I have about things, um, some of my family has dis- dismissed me as sort of um, aloof and unreachable in the sense that they, you know, feel like, oh, well, he's just a lost cause. Um, and with my mom still there and still uh, fairly religious and still sort of, uh, you know, a welcome presence, so to speak, there is an ally in that. And, you know, she has been able to help sort of, uh, take what could otherwise just be a situation that cognitive dissonance just keeps people from believing anything and sort of work, uh, the, the message into conversation. I want to give you an example. And a perfect example of this is that our president is a uh, racist sympathizer, is a, you know, a white supremacist sympathizer, is a Nazi sympathizer, is these different things. My fam, some of the members of my family still support the the, the person. Um, and having a, 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 an ally there who I can communicate with and say, hey, you may have heard this whenever you were all watching Fox News. I just want to give you some real actual facts. And then you know, my mother being able to take that information and use it whenever we're having conversations, I think has been very helpful. Because one of the, like, just the, the last thing I want to say about this is that one of the, the biggest problems that I've seen in trying to communicate with my family is that a lot of times facts don't work. And even whenever, you know, uh, situations where I, like, leave the room in tears because I just can't, like, hearing people say, you know, invalidate, I guess, my experiences or whatever, and having to leave the room in tears, those things don't get through 
through, when nothing gets through because it's just easier to write somebody off than like deal with that cognitive dissonance, um, having someone there who sort of flies under the the uh, shield of cognitive dissonance has been helpful. But again, not everybody has that experience where they have someone that they can rely on as an ally in the family. So this is a guy that's gone after me a lot, um, you know, in really personal ways. Uh, you know, this is somebody that's attacked me a lot, especially at the the height of Gamergate. So I feel uniquely able to say I don't think it's healthy to demand people in your family, like you're talking about getting a therapist and sitting down with them. I don't think that's a good point of view. Um, you know, this is someone who I think is terrible. Um, but I don't think like our goal on the left should be to like tell people they can't listen to people. What I would try to do is to sit down and be like, you know, are you aware that this person has really hurt women in the game industry? Um, are you aware of these really racist things that he's put forward? You know, are you worrying that you're enabling harm to people? I would try to get through that way. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, conservatives are like children. If you tell them, like, hey, don't, you know, smoke those cigarettes behind the barn, they're going to go get those cigarettes and smoke them behind the barn. But I do think that there's increasingly a culture on the left that is unwilling to hear divergent viewpoints. And I Mm. don't think it's healthy and I reject it. Mm. Well said, too. Yeah. Um, it, just a, 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 to walk it back a second, uh, just because they're following them does not mean that they believe in their viewpoints. Um, I, I read many different um, news sites, some of them that are hold similar opinions to mine and some that don't so that I can kind of understand where other people are coming from, it does not necessarily mean a lot of people follow people that they do not agree with so that they can know what are other people saying for whatever reasons to it. So it may mean it, it may not. And so yeah. you might also want to give someone um, the, uh, the, the shadow, like a shadow of a doubt of thought. I think I said that improperly. But anyways, um, just in case, I remember I had a family member. I went over to the house and they had a magazine that was like a white supremacist magazine on their counter. And I freaked out. Like I really, I really freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is sitting here. And I was really quite panic stricken. Um, Later on, they were like, you know, yeah, you know, uh, oh, I'm, you know, calling the police because this had happened. And I was like, oh, you see, but my first opinion, because I had seen it and it was in their house, that of course that means that that is what they believe. And I was wrong in my opinion to that. And so perhaps it is not the case with that. If you do actually want to help them look at it a different way, I love Bree's um, methodology of helping them try to empathize if they are capable of empathy, which most people are, that, you know, perhaps even these viewpoints that, that people have been hurt or damaged with it, what would it be like to that? I think another um, argument method, if you are able to do this, if you are able to take enough of a step back, um, the Socratic method of uh, discussing divergent opinions is very uh, empowering to help other people understand their own viewpoints and how they might be wrong. It's great also to do for yourself and question how you might be wrong in your own viewpoints. Even that thought will help break down your own dissonance to yourself. And that's really helpful to that. And it is mostly by asking, instead of pushing other your ideas upon other people, it is by um, letting people sum up their arguments to you and then asking them for different reasonings of being able to explain this better and why might this be there and then allow you to challenge assumptions from a place that comes from their own arguments. And that's kind of interesting just to let them know that the world is not so black and white. Once you open that up and once you can do that in a way that people feel caring and safe, you actually can help change opinions. And most of the, and I think that we've we've spoken of this story again about um, a uh, black minister that had befriended many people that were uh, from the KKK and actually helped uh, bring them out from that and 
be supportive and, and really change their viewpoints and change their entire family and life's viewpoints were from coming from a place of safety instead of right away being angry. And that's the problem is that we can be so reactive when someone says something that is hurtful and painful to us that it often is not the best way to actually help create different opinions, but it makes us more polarized and we fight more even when we have straightforward facts in front of us that are that that prove that we may not be in the right. And so it can be really difficult, especially when there's strong emotions. Whenever there's strong emotions, really very little is going to be going in on either side of an argument. And that can be difficult when you're dealing with something that is uh, very painful to you. Yeah. So, Micah, that's all we have for this week. So uh, why don't you tell people where they can go find the show and learn about Ferengis and, and we should just and, tape that. We should tape that and just play the same thing each time. No, that would be horrible. Would that be horrible? <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just being lazy is what you're saying. Okay, well, yeah, fine, yeah. It's, I think, I, you know what? I think that our <laughs> listeners appreciate our dedication to quality and right. Uh, professionalism right. on this show. That's true. That's true. Yes. I agree. Indeed. I agree. That, that is exactly why they listen. Thank you for showing me the way, Steve. I was wrong. Oh, can you say that part? Can you say that part about professionalism again? <laughs> that that our listeners appreciate our dedication to quality and professionalism. The quality show. This this show is gonna kill my political career. That's what it's I'm do. surprised it hasn't already. I mean that oh, really uh, yeah, I seem to remember a part earlier where someone said something about having enough Nerf weapons to take over a country. Not sure yeah. exactly that who said Georgia. that. But... That was Georgia. Our voices sound very alike. Oh, you're, you're taking over Georgia? Yeah. What? Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, um. yeah. Bah. <laughs> anyway, um, if you'd like to get in touch with the professionals here at this show, here's how you can do that. You can call yeah. us at 508-418-3532 to leave a voicemail. We haven't had any of those in a while, so we'd really like to hear from you. If you're out there listening and thinking, man, I've really been thinking about leaving a message, you should totally do it. Just call us at, the fi- at 508-418-3532. If you want to tweet at us, you can tweet us at underscore disruption FM on Twitter with the hashtag disrupt me, or you can send a direct message if you'd rather keep things private. As always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. Uh, if you're looking for the show notes, you can find those in that app you're listening to right now, or you can go to relay.fm slash disruption to find links to all of the stuff that we talked about today. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter. And, Steve, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? Well, you can find my uh, quality professional opinions about Hearthstone at OffCurve, at OffCurve.com. And I'll probably be gushing about the Disney quality uh, musical short that they just dropped this week, which was adorable. And uh, for all other things, you can find me on Twitter at WickedGood. Excellent. And, Bree, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? Listeners, listen to me really good. Don't you dare, don't you dare get those cigarettes, go behind the barn and review this show on iTunes. Don't you dare do that. We will be so, you can't do that. Don't do that. Um, Micah, you can find me on Twitter at SpaceCatCal. In all seriousness, guys, um, I am I am like dead on my feet today. We are I'm I'm trying to catch up on campaigning uh after 3 weeks of pneumonia. Uh I'm so far behind uh but we we have so much work to do. We've got an entire slate of ads coming out this week. And you know part of running for office means I have to bother people and ask them to donate money to my campaign. So this is the time I'm doing that to you. So uh honestly, if you guys can uh you know, believe in some of the political you know philosophies we talk about on the show every single week i'd be honored if you could uh contribute to my campaign you can do that by going to support brianna.com support brie support brie and lastly if you're looking uh to learn more about tongue tersity or getting help (laughs) with anxiety and those types of things uh you can look for georgia georgia where can people find you uh, you can check out uh, anxiety-videos.com if you're dealing with um, <laughs> not doing it. Um, and uh, if not, you can check me out on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. Um, yeah, support Brie.
Excellent. Well, all that's left is for Stephen to say that thing he says every week. So, Stephen, take it away. <laughs> Never go full Ferengi. Don't do it! <laughs> <laughs>